This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it's time for Love Letters Live with Janet Galen and Teresa Ayers. Welcome, Teresa. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thank you. So I understand you're going to lead us off. Sure. Are you ready? We're ready. (laughs) Okay. Hello, I'm Teresa Ayers. And I'm Janet Gallen, and we welcome you to Love Letters Live. And I am very attached to that introduction because it's what Teresa and I used to do every time, every, the, start, the start of every episode when we were doing this on radio for years. Yes. So today, Teresa. Yes. Oh, we are talking about something that's close to both our hearts. And that is, well, I shouldn't say this because as the guest today, you should get to choose the subject. But we had talked about writing love letters to the dying and the already deceased. Yes. You want to start off by saying something about that? Well, Janet, I learned that from you. (laughs) Well, so you could talk about it way, way better. But oh my, how it has changed my life. Um, So exactly what I want to know. Yes. How it has changed my life? Well, as you may remember, Janet, when we met, when we first met, and I heard you talking about an obituary you had written for one of your dearest friends at her request when she was not even close to dying. (laughs) And you talked about how you had written this letter and sent it to her, or you'd written the obituary and you'd sent it to her. And she was speechless and, um, just really touched by all the things that you said that typically we don't say to people when they're still alive, but we wait till they die (laughs) to, to say them to other people. And you talked about love letters and the importance of writing love letters. And I was just so taken with that because as I told you, then I have in my possession, literally hundreds of letters from my parents, from grandparents, letters that I've written to them in the olden days, you know, we didn't have, We didn't have uh, FaceTime. We didn't have the internet. And so we had to write letters to each other. And those letters were full of information about the sort of things that you would talk about to someone on the phone. You know, um, made a big stew for for dad, uh, have a dentist appointment next week, hoping it's not serious, that sort of thing. But there wasn't a single incident of love, except Uh the signature. Love mom, love, uh, love grandma but nothing, nothing about me, nothing about what they appreciated. And, and likewise, I didn't do that for them. And I thought, you know, this is, this is what they're missing. These letters that I have, they're missing that. And so um, I caught up with Janet on the street after she had made her presentation. <laughs> you remember that, Janet? I, I, I remember it so well, and I'm going to talk about it. Okay, I'll let you finish. But anyway, that's how we met. And that's where... Uh, I learned about love letters, and in the in the last how many years, Janet? Since then, um, I just learned more and more from you, Janet. Every time we talk, and you. it has changed my life and my relationships in such an amazing way. It's hard to describe. Well, I want to thank you for all that because you just opened up whatever the opposite of Pandora is historically. You just opened up a whole bunch of boxes of wonderful things, and you brought up how this all started with the obituary request. I want to tell the, tell the story. 
Yes, you tell it way better than I do. It, it's well, because I know more of the details than you do. So this is this happened about I'd say 15 years ago. We've been started that long ago. I think so. And I got a call from one of my dearest friends in the world, long distance, and she said, I need you to do me a favor. And I said, Well, of course, sweetheart. What? She said, I need you to write my obituary and I need you to write it now. And <clears throat> I laughed and I said, No, I'm not gonna write your obituary. Now, a little aside here is she's not sick. She's not she's gonna live till 120 and look gorgeous every step of the way if past history has been any indication. And, but she loves good obituaries. And what she really does not like is obituaries <coughs> excuse me, that start out with, she died after a long battle with cancer. She lost her battle to this. He lost his battle. He waged a battle. And every, every obituary, most that you read, starts off with, what battle they lost. That is, everyone dies a loser. I don't blame her for not liking it. And that shouldn't be what a life story is about. I mean, how you died can be a side note, of course, but it's not, it's how you lived. And I said, <laughs> but I'm still not gonna do it. In short, I can't take part in anything that looks to a time that you're not here on earth with me. And she said, well, you know how I feel, I said, yeah, I've known how you feel for the last 60 years, but I'm not going to do it. And she's going on as if I'm not there. She says, and no battles. I said, no, I understand, but I'm not doing this. She said, actually, if you want, you can say, I died <coughs> after a long battle with every effing person on this planet. <laughs> so I, you know, laughed and I said, tempting as that is, anyway, we hung up the phone and I started to think about it in just those terms you were talking about. That why do we have to wait till somebody's passed on from this life to know, to, to express how we feel about them? <coughs> so I decided to write it. Excuse me. And I did. And I sent it to her and I didn't hear from her. And I didn't hear from her. So I called, her husband answered. I said, did she get a letter from me? He said, yeah, turquoise envelope, it's on her desk. Been there for two weeks. I said, don't tell her I called, because you know, Teresa, what we always say is when you write a love letter, it's a gift, and you don't get to nag about what you get in return, right? That's right. Anyway, she finally called me, and she said, I read what you wrote. She said, it was just beautiful. In this little soft voice I didn't even know she had, she said, it was just beautiful. She said, but I didn't recognize myself in it. And I said, what? Totally arrogant. I said, you know how good I am at that? Seeing what other people, you know, seeing the beauty in others. And she said, I just didn't. And I thought, you know, bingo, we should all be doing this. And that's what I talked about. And apparently, Obviously, it struck you and you came to me when you got a hold of me outside this conference that we were at. And you said, I think we can do something together. And I said, what? And you're a corporate person. You do a lot of work with corporations defining what makes them successful, right? That's one of the things. <laughs> yes. Well, I, but that was the thing that we were kind of looking at. It. Right. And you said workshops, love letter workshops. 
And I thought, of course. So we did that. And that led to the radio and that led to the, you know, examiner column. And I have you to thank for all that. I have you to thank for seeing what we could do with it. Yeah. You know, so we were such a good team. We still are. We still but are. I, I want to go back to the workshops now because most recently you came to me and you had already kind of gone your separate way. You were doing other things and you weren't. So we were doing, I was doing love letters and you were doing the things that you were doing. And the love and friendship between us, of course, always, 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 always. And, but, and you came to me after you had not been doing this for some time. And you said, you know, there's a, a possibility, an opportunity for us, for a love letters workshop on writing to the dying and the already deceased. And you wanted me to do it. And I said, yeah, I'd be happy to do it if I do it with you. And so we came together for that. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? What was your expectation when you said, let's do this? Well, uh, I had been introduced to a big conference that goes on uh, twice a year, on once in uh, the Bay Area and once in New York. It's called Reimagine End of Life. And it's an enormous conference of thousands of people get together and they talk and they learn about, they express interest in, um, end of life, all kind, all sorts of aspects of it. Yeah, someone introduced that to me. Um, it's not just workshops; it's dance, it's art, it's all kinds of things. Oh, and, that's right. And uh, I thought, well, that's perfect. Um, let's let's Janet have let's have Janet do one on writing to the to the uh, to the dead or or, <laughs> or dying. Well, it was because the we had talked so much about that. That's right. So many of our guests. Right. So it was a natural for us to do it. And in our workshops and radio show also, people had written those kind of letters for sure, but a whole workshop devoted to that. I mean, we knew what it could be. And I wasn't sure that people would not be put off by the title since it was solely to the dying and the already deceased. And would people see that as um, dismal, you know, as, as something awful and they did not. No. They did not. And, and people who couldn't come were emailing and saying, I can't come to this, but this is wonderful and I need to write this letter. Only one woman said, ugh. <laughs> you know, it was scary to her. Yeah. But so you say what happened once people started? Well, these wonderful what? memories come back to you as you start thinking about someone that is either in the process and you know that their time is near or they've already gone away and maybe you've never had a chance to say those things to them. And so this is your, this is your opportunity to experience that again. And it's, it's, it can be tearful, it can be wrenching, but it's, it's also joyful. Isn't it? And uh, so Janet always says, well, who do you, well, they always say, well, who am I going to send this letter to if the person's already died? Oh, we're going to talk about, yes, go ahead. <laughs> and, and Janet says, what, what do you say, Janet? Well, you know, there's so many places, but I recently, did a Love Letters Live with Karen, who is the, you know, um, the, I, the organizer of this New Cleveland radio and introduced us. And Karen wrote a letter to her mother who had died a while ago. And I hope people listen to it because what she ended up saying, she said a lot of good things, was, you know, this letter I wrote, I did it for me. And, and that's one of the big, things. Uh, first of all, 
who are you doing it for? Your parent, your friend, gone from this earth. But you know, you sit down and you write a letter and you start writing in sadness. You pick up a pen and there's a sadness. And as you start writing, and you and I both know this, Teresa, and Karen, so do you, and everybody who has done this, you start writing in sadness. And then you start saying what you loved about this person or talking about what you got from this person or how this person defined you in the best possible way. And at our workshop, you could see smiles just taking over people's faces. Their, their breathing was kind of calmer. It has such a healing effect. So where do you mail these letters? Oh, Karen did a perfect thing. She mailed it to her sons. Mm -hmm. And there is something about, you know, dear mom, I know you're not here with me right now, and I'm writing this to you, but I'm going to send it to my two sons, your grandsons, so they will know even better how I felt about you. There's so many places to do it. Mm -hmm. And if there isn't a person in the world to whom you can send this, no other, so you can send it to yourself. And when you get it, you just stick it in a book or in a drawer, somebody will find it. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you mentioned something about, you talked about, you know, I made a stew for dinner, the letters that weren't really love letters, but embedded in these love letters is usually so much actual history about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And, it's wonderful when that happens because these letters found in generations to come are going to be a really accurate history of the times. Yes. So what, what was the, what was one that you, I know that you wrote one to your cousin. Was it your cousin you wrote one to and she was, she had Alzheimer's and. Um, no, I don't remember that one. Uh, I think the one you're referring to is actually, I wrote a letter to uh, a niece who was um, actually very close to death and everyone knew it. It was, it was, okay. it, was it was imminent. And uh -huh. I didn't start that way. I actually, you know, I went, since we were going to talk about this, Janet, I went to my files and this is another thing that Janet has taught me is keep a record of all the letters that you send. Yes. We um, live in a mir miraculous time. You can make copies of every letter you send. <laughs> Stick it in the book. Okay, go ahead. And, uh, and I'm so glad that I did that because I just reviewed several of the letters that I have like that I have written. I did it yesterday and it just brought back so much joy to me to remember these people that I love so much. But this was to Denise and she was within weeks of dying. And I remember the name. Yes. I just started, uh, dear, dear Denise. I always thought we'd <laughs> going to have trouble reading this. I always thought we'd get to be old ladies together. Now it looks like I'll have to do that without you. And I will oh. miss you. Okay. <laughs> and it goes on from there, and I and I recount some of the wonderful times together that we that we had, and we had many. And really, I did plan to be an old lady together with her, but uh, she died in her fifties. Um, Terrible. Anyway, so it it goes on from there, and about um, I so her daughter told me later. She said, "Mom really loved that letter. It wasn't morbid. It didn't make her sad." And, and by the way, didn't make her sad, even though you referred to the fact that this was kind of a goodbye. It was a goodbye. It was a goodbye. And sometimes those letters are a goodbye and a hello simultaneously. And sometimes they're just a hello. I, I years ago, long before this request to do the obituary, I was going to see with two other women, three of us going to see a fourth. And we had been probation officers together and worked closely together for many years. 
still loved each other dearly. And one of our group was dying of stomach cancer. Young, too young, horrible. So <clears throat> three of us realized how close to death she was. And we called and asked if we could come and bring lunch. And anyway, <clears throat> on the way in, as we rang the doorbell, one of the women looked at me and said, I wrote her a letter. May I read it to her? I said, absolutely. We walked in. And this was, this was a little miracle to me. Oh, she was propped up on the sofa. Propped up. She had no strength. She was skin and bones. Her face was totally skeletal. There was just, you know, skin on the bones. And she just, she just oh, broke your heart to look at her. We said our hellos, we brought out our little sandwiches. The um, woman who was taking care of her, the, the hospice person, came in and kind of propped her up a little more. On the, she had no strength. And <clears throat> so Nancy started to read this letter. And as she read it, this is what happened. This woman, who looked so cadaver-like already, started, there was color came to her cheeks color actually came into her face that had been the color of chalk when we walked in. And she started to smile and a light came into her eyes and she was laughing at these memories. And it was not a goodbye, it was a hello. And it took her back to her strongest, youngest self. And she felt that. It was just, it was amazing to see. It often does that. I wrote to a, a friend of mine. We'd been friends for many, many years. We actually dated at one point, and the romance was, but the friendship was great. <laughs> we managed to turn it into a lifelong friendship. And it wasn't always an easy road with this person. <coughs> Excuse me. And his daughter, wonderful woman, three wonderful daughters, got in touch with me and said, You know, I thought you might want to know this, but. Dad's dying, and I couldn't, and you know, maybe a couple of days more. I couldn't get to the pen and paper fast enough. He had done some wonderful, wonderful things for me and my daughters. He was such a good friend, and we had kind of grown apart a little bit. Um, and anyway, he got the letter, and he was already at that point not speaking, but he listened. His daughter read it to him. And his comment at the end of this was, we liked each other a lot. Which gets to the point that so often these letters are, the effect is to let someone off the hook for their behavior that they regretted. You know, that's quite a gift. So he, he got to spend his last couple of days knowing that we liked each other a lot and he had nothing to regret. You know, Janet, I have a question for you, and it's puzzled me. It's puzzled me. I've heard the story a number of times, and it's always wonderful about the the woman who had the stomach cancer, and you went to visit oh, her. Oh yeah. And a friend had written a letter and said, "Can I read it?" And that was an exception to what you usually recommend about love letters, that the person that wrote the letter doesn't get to be there when the when the letter is read. So in this case, and sometimes it happens, that this person had no, she couldn't have held the letter to read it. I don't know that her, she couldn't have. She couldn't have. So, you know, sometimes there are exceptions. Sure. 
But why do you recommend that the writer not be with Oh, thank you so much for asking that. Because in general, you know, if you write a love letter to somebody and you deliver it to somebody at your house, meant for a family member, yes, love letters are personal and they're private. It doesn't matter that you know every word in it because you wrote it. The person who's reading it deserves privacy. Without you standing there and without you looking at them, which is maybe calling for an exact response. You know, you see this sometimes in movies, I've noticed. And yes, I mean, up until now, but movies of the 40s and 50s where somebody would get a letter. And everyone else, you know, I have a letter from her. Everyone else in the room would disappear, pull back, walk away, and let this person have a private moment with that letter. Yes. So what do you think that serves? Well, I, yeah, it's, it's for all the right reasons. I mean, I, I, I absolutely believe what you said, because when I get a love letter, and by the way, Janet writes me love letters. And, and you write them to me also. <laughs> and I write them to you. Yeah. And... Um, it's uh well i got one fr from uh a, a young woman just last week um it was it was email it wasn't a but it actually took my breath away mm -hmm. and, and how i was happy that no one was around to watch that because it just it was a very private moment that's right and for some reason that is and i have something to say about when you get one of these via email print it out on good paper and stick it away because as you pointed out to me years and years ago, technology changes. And I thought, oh my goodness, yes, of course it does. Very often we have things that we can't use anymore. You know, those little square floppy disks? <laughs> nothing <read> anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to read them. There's nothing to play your VCR tapes on anymore. You can't buy those players. <laughs> you know, but I have letters, so do you. I have a couple that are almost 100, well, no, not almost, 100 years old. And they are as readable today as they were the day they were written. It has to be good paper and indelible ink. But when it comes to a storage, storage for how you feel about things, there is no, no better storage method than a handwritten letter. Yes. Now, what about, what about letters to the deceased? Well, you've done those I, as well. I do have, I have many of those and the writing of them uh, often we have friends, we've moved around. So we have friends around the world, around the country, and we can't get to their services, even if they're more right. a service and, and increasingly people don't have services anymore, but you want to, you want to, send something to the loved ones and so i do that and, and the act of of writing it is is like being there it's like being with that person again and Isn't yeah. really going back in time and remembering the things that you did that you did together the things that you appreciated about this person and then you send it to a spouse or the children or whatever oh, yeah. and what i've heard more than once is that my letter is read at the at the uh, funeral or the or the uh, service. Yes, and they make the most perfect eulogies. Yes. And I wanted to say something about that. I've written, a, I wrote a letter, one to my cousin, 
who had a big birthday and we were supposed to have it in Los Angeles and then pandemic and nobody could go anywhere. And, and one to a very close friend who I just love and just felt like saying what I loved about those people. And each of those people said to me, oh, I told, I told my sons, I told my relatives, I want this read at my funeral. And I thought, ugh, you know, and then I thought, well, why not? Why not? <laughs> I, I wasn't sending it for that. But yes, put it aside. I know people, people should be able to be remembered by their best selves, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Janet, I'm going to ask you a question that you often ask but, or, or is asked to you, well, I really didn't like that person very much. You know, that person did oh. a horrible thing to me and I never forgave them. And now they're dead. <laughs> well, then it's high time to forgive them. Okay, so two things. It's always a perfect, okay, let's just define a love letter first. You don't have to feel good about somebody 100% to write a knockout love letter. A knockout love letter is a letter that is your best self on paper. And I think that your best self is that part of you that gets to see the best in others. So if somebody did something, I mean, short of, you know, murder, of course, but if somebody did something unpleasant or dishonorable, you can, and, and yet had some other really good points, for the sake of the letter, you can just drop the bad stuff and focus on the good part. That's not to say that the bad didn't happen and it's not to say that you weren't affected by it, but it's just to say that you're aware of what else is inside this person. Yes. So you can write a wonderful love letter to somebody who has been a little iffy towards you. And by the way, a lot of letters to parents have to be that because relationships between children and parents is more often than not, kind of dicey and fraught with difficulty. Not life-threatening difficulty, but, you know, harsh moments, criticisms that you didn't need, whatever kind of difficulties. And why not, why not write that love letter? I wrote one to my mother who had some really, couple of difficult streaks. And I focused, it happened that I bought a Revlon lipstick. I hadn't bought in years. And the scent of it was my mother, who used to use, you know, wear Revlon lipsticks, something called something melon. I don't remember. I think they still have it. And it just brought me back to so much that was wonderful about her, which I've never lost sight of. But I sat down and I wrote a letter. And I, I just kind of streamlined, you know, it was like funny how memories come a calling. I bought this lipstick and it reminded me of, and I just wrote a whole, well, she was thrilled. She was aware that remembering the good and ignore, forgiving the bad, letting it go is quite a gift. And every, and she was like in her mid nineties, you know, maybe 93 or 92 at that point. And every time I went to visit her in LA, she would say, I just read that letter you wrote. And you might think <laughs> that she's a little dotty. She wasn't dotty at all, ever. And the truth is she read it again and again because it took her back to her best self. Mm -hmm. and, and 
very often we have had this experience for people who write letters to parents and the parents reaction is almost always the same two things which is i didn't know you remembered that quite a gift and the other is i didn't know you knew that about me some insight i didn't know you knew that about me and the overall message is you paid attention I never knew you paid attention, but you did. And what a gift that is. Mm -hmm. So I hope people will do more of it. And you know, the, I think one of the saddest phrases that we hear is after a death, oh, I never got to tell her how much I love her. I never got to tell him how much he meant to me. That is one of the most avoidable sorrows on this earth. Pick up a pen and just do it. And you know something? Gratitude taken to the grave that is yours serves no one. Yeah. Right? Yes. Will you will you be doing this forever, do you think? I I, I will. It just <laughs> of feels course. good. Yes. <laughs> of yeah. course. It brings uh, brings me great joy. And as we mature, as my doctor would say, more and more people that we have known and loved oh, are yeah. going to be disappearing from the earth. And right. Um, so it's, it's, it's time. Now, yeah. what about your granddaughters? Do you write to them? I do. They're pretty young. They're preschool right now. Um, but I write stories about them. To them? To them. And I write okay. stories about them and send it to them. And I'll do and more. And is Molly, Molly filing those away? I bet. I hope. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Okay. I hope. And, uh, and I am writing, uh, a book for Molly about her childhood and mm -hmm. uh, the very best parts and the most fun parts. And that's a love letter in a way that says, yeah. I remembered these things. And this is now will, will that be a physical book that you get? Yeah, it is. It's a physical book. And so well, you it's, write on paper. it's on paper. Okay. So you can write something in it because anything makes good stationery. Yes. <laughs> you know, that inside cover of a book is a wonderful place to write a love letter. Oh, honey, thank you for doing this with me. Oh, it's always a joy. Do we always have fun when we're together, Janet? <laughs> Thank you. Always. <laughs> I want to say just until next time, uh -huh. this is Janet Gallen and Teresa Ayers saying goodbye and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Dr. And thank you, Karen. This is wonderful. <laughs>